your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Good afternoon, and welcome to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Wellness Community. Your host is Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community. This hour is designed to inspire, inform, and to help you live better with cancer. Now, here's your host, Kim Tibaldo. Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Wellness Community, an internet radio show that focuses on informing and inspiring people to live well with cancer. I'm Kim Tebaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, an international nonprofit organization dedicated to providing support, education, and hope to people with cancer and their loved ones. Our services are offered at over 100 locations worldwide and online at www.thewellnesscommunity.org. March is National Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month, and today we're devoting our entire episode to help raise awareness of the second most common cause of cancer deaths in the U.S. There is much to discuss on today's show, but before we begin, let's move to a segment we call Cancer in the News, which highlights the latest cancer headlines. I'm Bill Schaefer, and this is today's Cancer in the News. According to a recent report, people who have undergone surgery for pancreatic cancer and are classified as obese don't live as long as those who are not obese. A study, which was conducted by the University of Texas at Houston, looked at the outcomes of 285 patients with pancreatic cancer who were all treated at the MD Anderson Cancer Center. Obesity was classified as a body mass index, or BMI, of 30 or more. Cancer was 12 times more likely to be found to have spread to the lymph nodes in patients with BMIs of 35 or more compared to those with lower BMIs. For patients with a BMI higher than 35, average survival was 13.2 months compared with 27.4 months for those with a BMI of less than 23. The cancer recurred in 95% of patients with a BMI above 35, while those with lower BMIs had a recurrence rate of 61%. The results, researchers conclude, suggest that obesity is a host factor affecting tumor biology independent of the difficulties involved in delivering oncologic care in obese patients. In other news, a new study is raising questions about the effectiveness of prostate-specific antigen screening tests, or PSA, for prostate cancer. As many as two of every five men whose prostate cancer was caught through a PSA screening test have tumors that are too slow growing to ever be a threat. Results point to the possibility that prostate cancer is being overdiagnosed in patients. Most men who undergo a biopsy for an abnormal PSA test turn out not to have prostate cancer. High PSAs often signal a benign and large prostate. Of those who do have cancer, there's no proof yet that early detection saves lives. As most prostate tumors grow so slowly that had they not been screened, those men would have died of something else without the anxiety. And because some treatments can cause incontinence and impotence, men whose tumors wouldn't have been a threat can suffer serious side effects for no gain. I'm Bill Schaefer, and that's today's Cancer in the News. As I mentioned at the top of the show, March is National Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month, and it just so happens that 2009 marks the 10th anniversary of the first designation of March as the official month to raise awareness of the disease. Almost 149,000 people in the United States will be diagnosed with colon cancer this year, and nearly 50,000 will lose their lives. In fact, every three and a half minutes, someone is diagnosed with colorectal cancer, and every 10 minutes, someone dies from the disease. 
That means by the time we reach the end of our show today, 17 people will receive the news that they have colorectal cancer and six people will have lost their battle with cancer. With statistics like this, it's no surprise that many individuals and organizations have taken it upon themselves to do something about it. And today we're here to let you know what you can do to join the fight against colorectal cancer. Today we're bringing you a special broadcast from Washington, D.C., where it's Call on Congress Day, and volunteers are lobbying their members of Congress for colorectal cancer screening legislation. Call on Congress Day is happening in conjunction with a campaign called Cover Your Butt, Yes, you heard me. Cover Your Butt, which is organized by the Colorectal Cancer Coalition, or C3. C3 is a nonprofit, nonpartisan advocacy organization that fights colorectal cancer through research, empowerment, and access. And the Cover Your Butt campaign was created to support legislation that will make colorectal cancer screening available to all Americans. We're joined by Carly Bowman, president of the Colorectal Cancer Coalition, who is to, here to tell us more about the Cover Your Butt campaign and what you can do to join the cause. C3 is also a partner of the wellness community and collaborates with us on our Frankly Speaking About Colorectal Cancer Educational Booklet, which is a free resource, a free resource that's available through the wellness community and also through C3. Welcome, Carly. Thank you, Kim. We're also here with Gordon Cole, who is a C3 advocate and a six-year stage four colorectal cancer survivor. Amazing. Gordon flew all the way in from Greensboro, North Carolina, to participate in Call on Congress Lobby Day, which is happening today on Capitol Hill. Thanks for joining us, Gordon. Thanks for having me. So I, I want to thank you uh, both for being here to discuss this important topic, colorectal cancer. We are going to jump right into the discussion. Gordon, I want to start with you. Uh, take us back to the day when you were first diagnosed with colorectal cancer. What was it like to receive that news, and, and what has that experience been like for you? Well, you have to remember this was back in 2003, early summer, and I was a pretty healthy 54-year-old. Mm. I was in the gym three to four days a week, thought I ate right. You know, I may have eaten a little too much red meat, maybe had a beer or two too many. <laughs> but all in all, uh, my nutrition was good, exercise was good, and I had no symptoms of anything. Yes. And uh, for the past five years, since before I was 50, I had been getting the fecal occult blood test every year. I had had a sigmoidoscopy recently. Everything was negative. Yeah. Then one day, uh, I noticed a little bit of blood on the toilet tissue. Not much, just a drop or two. Yes. And this happened once in a while for, oh, a few weeks, and I eventually called my primary care physician and mentioned that to his nurse and got a call the next day from a gastroenterologist saying, you need to come in for a colonoscopy. Mm -hmm. So I go in, have this thing, and the first thing I hear is, we found something there that we need to talk about. Mm. So when I'm out of the anesthesia, uh, he discusses it, says it's some type of cancer. Wow. Well, I get referred to the oncologist, and he tells me, you've got colorectal cancer. Mm. And I said, no way. I said, I don't have any symptoms of anything. I don't hurt. I don't have any problems going to the bathroom. Nothing wrong with me. He said, well, I'm here to tell you, you do have it, and it's also spread to your liver, according to the scan we did. Wow. So right out of the box... I'm sitting there with my wife, Sue, and we're just looking at each other. You know, this, What is he talking about? It was a total shock, just total an shock. absolute yeah. shock. And I knew a lot of doctors socially, uh, you know, playing golf and that sort of thing, but I didn't know any GI docs or any oncologists. that never has come up. So I just started doing some research trying to find out what I needed to do 
In the meantime, they had a good referral to a surgical specialist uh, who uh, specialty was sphincter-saving surgery because my tumor was very low. And one thing leads to another. You know, the oncologist says, when we ask, what does this mean? He says 10 to 22 months without treatment. So I immediately get into treatment, which is a whole another lengthy story. Yeah. And seven surgeries and chemo, I'm still on chemo. Yeah. Uh, I'm still here and doing fine. So and on and on Capitol Hill, t- telling your story. Well, yeah, that's true. That's true, and I'm glad to be here. That's amazing. That's an amazing story, Gordon, and uh, it's really uh, unbelievable that you're taking some time to be with us and talk about your story today. It's uh, uh, I think it's really inspiring for people to hear. Uh, everything that you've been through, and the fact that you're stepping up, and you're an advocate, and you're, uh, you know, trying to make a difference, even, even, even in the light of a very, very difficult, uh, very difficult situation. Um, Carly, I want you to tell us about your organization, the Colorectal Cancer Coalition C3, and uh, I want you to tell us what's happening today on Capitol Hill. Thank you. I'm, I'm so excited about what's going on today on Capitol Hill. Well, C3 is. Uh, a nonprofit advocacy organization. We're based in the Washington, D.C. area. We've been around for um, just about four years now. We just celebrated our fourth anniversary. And we were created um, to provide a voice on Capitol Hill and in uh, research centers around the country uh, to push for more for people living with colorectal cancer. And so we've been busy working on, uh, on policy, um, and inc- including the colorectal cancer screening legislation that we're talking about today and that, we're, that, that our advocates are up on the Hill um, lobbying their members of Congress in support of today. Um, and as, as well as regulatory issues, you know, uh, when, when things happen at the Food and Drug Administration or the Centers for Medicaid and Medicare Services that would have an impact on colorectal cancer patients, we weigh in on, on those issues as well. Um, we also work um, with the National Cancer Institute and other research entities around the country. We, we train patient advocates that, that, that folks like Gordon who uh, are, understand the issues and, and really dig into the science. Um, and we, we train those folks to sit on committees that oversee colorectal cancer clinical trials in our country. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also provide services to patients. We have an answer line, which is a toll-free number, at, um, that people can call to get answers to their questions um, about colorectal cancer. We have a website with over 900 pages of patient information and a free quarterly newsletter that we send out to um, to our supporters and advocates. Excellent, excellent. And our work today... Yeah, tell what us we're about what's happening on the Hill Congress, today, Carly. Um, ...is uh, very exciting. We've got 65 advocates from around the country. Gordon is one of them. We've got folks from as far away as California and Washington um, State, uh, as well as, um, uh, you know, closer in. Um, and they're all meeting with their members of Congress. They've gone through... Uh, Training. We, we trained them yesterday, uh, started on Sunday night, trained them yesterday on uh, the particulars of the legislation that we're supporting, and uh, actually had a member of Congress come and speak to them yesterday about um, what it's like, you know, what, they, what he considers a successful meeting with a constituent, so they would um, be really armed with how to do a good job and how to really get their point across. And they are going in support of uh, a Legislation in Congress that's currently in Congress called it's uh, the bill number is HR 1189, and it is uh, it would pro- it would create a national colorectal cancer screening program in the United States. Fantastic. 
Um, Carly, we're going to take a, a break in just a minute or two here, but um, uh, tell us, do you think it really makes a difference when when uh, when constituents go up on the hill? I mean, what are what are folks uh, you know telling their members of Congress and the, and the congressional staff? What what are they telling their personal stories? And, and tell me, do you really think that has an impact? It definitely has an impact. Yes, they are telling their personal stories, talking about why it's important to them to be up there meeting with their members of Congress, um, and that makes a difference with members of Congress. You know, here's the thing. Members of Congress hear from special interests all the time, and you know, you and special interests I think can sometimes be a dirty or, or, or have kind of negative connotations. Mm-hmm. But uh, C three is a special interest. The Colorectal Cancer Coalition is a special interest because we're representing uh, colorectal cancer patients. But and we do have someone on our staff who who goes up to the hill and meets with members of Congress. But there's nothing compared to a constituent meeting with a patient, and who is a constituent saying, "I have this disease." This legislation is important to me, and you should support it, and here is why. And so tell me where you have patients coming in from today. Uh, we have patients coming in from, gosh, well, we've got Gordon from North Carolina. We've got folks from California and New York, Minnesota, Texas, Virginia, West Virginia. Um, we, there's a great, broad representation. And do you, uh, is it just patients who are coming in, or do you have family members and caregivers who are coming as well to tell yes, their story? Yes, thank you. It's patients, caregivers, family members, um, survivors. Um, you know, people who have lost loved ones to colorectal cancer, um, and and folks who are friends who are coming in support of of their friends who are uh, living with colorectal cancer. And Carly, I think you would agree, but I think both of us in our work realize that uh, a diagnosis of cancer does not just impact the uh, the individual, but it impacts the uh, the entire family. It definitely does. And I've and, and I've seen it with uh, when when people come with family members. As a matter of fact, there's one. Uh, one advocate who's returning this year, she came last year with her sister who passed away a few months ago, and she's coming back. And I know that it's really meaningful for folks to be able to go up to the cap, to Capitol Hill, talk with their members of Congress about this in honor or in memory of someone that they love that is either living with it or has passed from it. Yeah, boy, that's, that's really amazing. I'm, I'm sure incredibly powerful for these folks on the Hill to, uh, to hear these stories of, of these uh, advocates and patients and family members from, uh, from all across the country. Listen, folks, March, uh, March is National Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month. Uh, we're talking today uh, about colorectal cancer, and uh, this is frankly speaking about cancer. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Your life, your health, your network. Voice America Health & Wellness. Effective cancer treatment requires more than just medication or surgery. For the country's 12 million cancer survivors and their loved ones, the social and emotional challenges of adapting to life with cancer are ongoing. How to handle co-workers' questions, how to get comfortable with new physical realities, how to reassure worried family members, or explain to friends your priorities have changed. For more than 25 years, the wellness community has been the nation's leader in providing free counseling, education, and hope for survivors and their caregivers. Whether online or or at one of our 26 centers in the U.S. and abroad, the wellness community is ready to offer the support you need to live a better life with cancer. For more information on support groups, publications, nutrition, exercise programs, and more, call 1-888-793-WELL or visit us online at www.thewellnesscommunity.org. That's thewellnesscommunity.org. The Wellness Community, celebrating over 25 years of cancer support, education, and hope. 
It attacks the brain, and you might not know what hit you. It's a stroke, and it can cripple or kill you. If suddenly you're numb or weak on one side, limb, or face, it could be a stroke. Get help. There's no time to waste. It could even be a sudden, severe headache without cause. If you wait to get help, time lost is brain lost. Maybe it's a loved one slurring their speech or dizzy. Call 911 and get medical help quickly. There are even more symptoms that I did not mention. So call or hit the web for information and prevention. Blacks have a higher occurrence. Do you want to know more? Call 1-888-4-STROKE or visit www.strokeassociation.org. High blood pressure, diabetes, and obesity. All make the risk of a stroke more likely. But remember, if it happens, do not delay. Or disability might be the price you pay. A public service message brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Wellness Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now, here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking About Cancer. I'm Kim Tibaldo, and today we're talking about colorectal cancer. March is Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month, and today we're broadcasting from Washington, D.C., where volunteers are lobbying their members of Congress for colorectal cancer screening legislation. One person who has played a key role in the movement to provide colorectal cancer screenings and treatment for low-income individuals is Congresswoman Kay Granger of Texas. We're very pleased to be joined by Congresswoman Granger, who is here today to tell us about the important resolution and bill she and Congressman Patrick Kennedy recently introduced. Thank you so much for being here, Congresswoman. Thank you very much for inviting me. Um, I'm going to start with uh, talking a little bit uh, about uh, your involvement with the Colorectal Cancer Coalition and the Cover Your Butt campaign. Tell us how you got involved with the, uh, with the coalition and with that campaign. Well, they they came forward as a major supporter of my bill. The Colorectal Cancer Coalition has been so helpful and so supportive, uh, and it was it was vital that they were supportive to and to join other supporters like the American Cancer Society and the Colon Cancer Alliance. Um, and the important thing is the Colorectal Cancer Coalition. Uh, included the bill in their Cover Your Butt campaign, uh, which has gotten so much attention um, and been so important to get to getting out the word uh, about this cancer and about preventive me- uh, measures. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So let's talk a, a little bit about, I uh, referred to, um, to the legislation that has been uh, introduced. Uh, explain to us, please, Congresswoman Granger, what is the colorectal cancer prevention Early Detection and Treatment Act. Tell us what that is and really what it hopes to achieve. What are the goals of the act? Well, the goals of the act, I, I, you probably know that there was a demonstration program um, that uh, talked about um, the importance of early detection and screening programs, but that demonstration program ends uh, in August. So what the bill does is look at the lessons learned from the demonstration programs uh, 
uh, and the importance of having treatment available uh, to individuals who are screened for a colorectal cancer. Um, and so what, what we know, the lessons learned, is it affects nearly 150,000 people each year, mm-hmm. and nearly half of those who should be screened aren't screened. So uh, in this, taking this demonstration program and then looking at what wasn't covered, my bill, first of all, says, yes, the screening is important uh, and targets particularly individuals between the ages of 50 and 64 years old. That's the pre-Medicare population. So Medicare, just so folks are reminded, Medicare starts at 65. Right. And also, yes. mm -hmm. Please, go ahead. And then uh, those under 50 years of age but have a family history or have risk factors, other risk factors, that means they should be screened earlier at an earlier age. I had one just in my office uh, talking about the importance of that and to her sister. And so we look at that. We also look at giving priority to low-income or people who are uninsured or those who are underinsured. And so the grant funding will go to entities that agree to give priority to low-income individuals and, again, who are uninsured or underinsured means that they're, they've got health care insurance, but it won't cover the cancer screens. And um, the important thing about the difference in my bill and what the demonstration project allowed uh, is treatment. And what we found out is doctors dropped out of the program, some doctors, because they were doing the screening but they couldn't offer treatment to those who are diagnosed with colon cancer. And so uh, this bill, which is a House uh, Bill Resolution 1189, it does a screening, but also the follow-up diagnostic and therapeutic services. Fantastic. So let me just go back to some of those numbers for um, a moment. we, we, we know that uh, you said nearly 150,000 people will be diagnosed with colorectal cancer this year. That's correct? That's right. And uh, we also know that nearly 50,000 people will die from colorectal cancer. Yes. It, and, 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 and that's right. And oftentimes it was preventable and could have been detected with an early screening. With an early screening. So really the idea... Uh, is to make sure that all people have access to a colorectal cancer screening. And uh, again, just so our listeners are, uh, are aware and are reminded, so the, uh, so folks should, should get a colonoscopy starting at age 50, unless there's some family history of, of colon cancer or, or other issues that would, uh, that would direct them to get a colonoscopy perhaps at an earlier age. But the guidelines say that the, the average healthy person uh, with no family history should get screened starting at age 50. Right. In my case, my father died of colon cancer, and so in a um, in a situation like this, when you're going through family history, then when that's on my family history, I started having my colonoscopies at an earlier age. Uh, we know now that family history doubles the risk of having colon cancer yourself, so it's very important that they look at family history as well as other risks. As well as other risks. And we also know that... Uh, that that colon cancer is a, a detectable cancer. It's a preventable cancer, uh, which is why I, I, we're actually fortunate enough to have this screening tool 
uh, and that's why we want to make sure that everybody has access to it. I know with a lot of cancers, we have no screening tool. I know that some are being researched and in development, but with colorectal cancer, we're actually lucky enough to have a screening tool um, and that we could actually reduce dramatically the number of deaths caused by colorectal cancer if we can ensure that all people have access to the screening and get in there to get their colonoscopy. Is that right? That's exactly right. That is the situation, and so what we're saying is then let's have a way to make sure that we're reaching those individuals. Fantastic, fantastic. Now let's let's talk about this call to action. I know we have people uh, who are up on the Hill today who are meeting with their members of Congress um, and really uh, working in partnership with uh, you and with Congressman Patrick Kennedy to try to uh, uh, to get this bill passed. Um, what can people do if they want to help, if they want to get involved, if they want to take action uh, after they hear our conversation today? What can people do to take action and try to get this this bill passed? What they need to do is ask their representative uh, to co-sponsor this bill. They say, this is important to, to us. This is how many lives would be saved. Would you please co-sponsor uh, House Resolution 1189? The more co-sponsors we have, and, and that means members of Congress who sign on and say, yes, I support this, the easier it is to get the bill scheduled for a vote. And that's what we're after is schedule for a vote because we feel very certain it will pass. And, and members of Congress really listen to their constituents on something like that. They say, well, you know, did I get calls on this? Did I get letters? How many people does this affect? And they said, well, yes, we got 30 calls today or we got 30 letters. Right now, um, we have 20 co-sponsors on the bill. Okay. Uh, so we need more, and that's yes. why they're on the Hill today lobbying their members. Excellent. So I know we have people there really from all over the country who are up on the Hill today talking to their members of Congress, meeting with their members of Congress, asking them to become a co-sponsor of this bill because, as you said, if uh, we get a significant number of co-sponsors, we can get the bill scheduled for a vote, and it does certainly seem logical that this is something that uh, that our Congress would want to pass uh, and would want to support. Um, how important how important is it, uh, you know, we talk about these Hill days or, or lobby days, or how important is it that people from around the country actually come up come up to the Hill to meet with their members and talk about these well, issues? Well, it's... What, what it, is that like for you? It's, well, it's... it's um, this is why it happens. When they come to the Hill and ask to see me, uh, they almost always bring someone who can tell a personal story. And a personal story means, you know, my my sister, my father, um, my child didn't have uh, a screening, found out um, that it was, you know, uh, a very serious cancer. And in some cases, or they did have a screening and found it, and I saved my life because I had that screening. But those personal stories mean a great deal. Not everyone, though, can come to Washington. Uh, but the other thing you can do is email your representative. Um, one of the ways to do that is uh, uh, it's coveryourbutt.org to email your representative and ask them to co-sponsor. So we pay attention to every phone call, every personal visit, every email, every letter, um, and really know how much support that's out there. If, pers- if someone, if a member doesn't have a personal connection like I do in my family. Uh, then listening to these stories really makes them understand how important this is. 
Well, we're coming to the end of our conversation here, uh, Congresswoman Granger. Tell me, in your opinion, what's the outlook for the bill? How are you feeling about it right now? Well, I feel very good if those calls and letters and emails come in uh, to get more sponsors. Um, one of the things that we do as we go forward, we've made some changes to the bill, okay. um, and that's uh, at the request of the Energy and Commerce Committee. So uh, that was important. For instance, a Ranking Member Joe Barton has signed on to co-sponsor the bill. Um, and as we do this, if, if um, members of Congress say, well, I have, a, I have a problem with this, and it can be included, then we've made some changes. Like one of the things that we did um, is look at the poverty level that's acceptable. It's, uh, uh, to give you an example, a family of four can make $51,000 and get this treatment. It's also important to know that uh, there will be a Senate um, Bill, Senators uh, Edward Kennedy and K. Bay Hutchison will be including uh, the colorectal cancer screening provisions in their cancer bill. So that's another thing that's very important um, in in making it uh, legislation that's passed by the House and Senate and signed by the President. Fantastic. Folks, today we've been talking with Congresswoman Kay Granger from Texas. We've been talking about the Colorectal Cancer Prevention, Early Detection, and Treatment Act. We want you to get out there, call your members of Congress, email, go to coveryourbutt.org so you can learn about the campaign. We really want to work with our uh, with our friends at C3, the Colorectal Cancer Coalition, uh, and our friends up on the Hill uh, to to, uh, uh, to get this piece of legislation passed so that all people will have access to a colonoscopy, will have access to the screening that they need to to uh, prevent and to treat colorectal cancer. Congresswoman Granger, thank you so much for joining us today, and thank you for your wonderful support uh, of all people affected by cancer. Thank you for your work. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. Hello. Hi, Bill. Uh, this is George Dewey from up the street. Oh, hey, George. How you doing? Good, good. Say, I noticed you've been walking to work these days instead of driving, mm. and I uh, don't quite know how to say this, but, but, but what? But, but your butt, your buttocks, your butt. I think I found your butt on my front lawn. Have you recently lost it? As a matter of fact, I have, George. It's about time someone noticed. Well, it was kind of hard to miss, if you know what I mean. Anyways, would you like it back? Would I like it back? No, not really. So it's okay if I throw it out? Sure, that's fine. Take it easy, George. Small step number eight. Walk instead of driving whenever you can. It's just one of the many small steps you can take to help you become a healthier, well, you. Get started at www.smallstep.gov and take a small step to get healthy. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Effective cancer treatment requires more than just medication or surgery. For the country's 12 million cancer survivors and their loved ones, the social and emotional challenges of adapting to life with cancer are ongoing. How to handle coworkers' questions, how to get comfortable with new physical realities, how to reassure worried family members, or explain to friends your priorities have changed. For more than 25 years, the wellness community has been the nation's leader in providing free counseling, education, and hope for survivors and their caregivers. Whether online or 
more at one of our 26 centers in the U.S. and abroad, the wellness community is ready to offer the support you need to live a better life with cancer. For more information on support groups, publications, nutrition, exercise programs, and more, call 1-888-793-WELL or visit us online at www.thewellnesscommunity.org. That's thewellnesscommunity.org. The Wellness Community, celebrating over 25 years of cancer support, education, and hope. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Wellness Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now, here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking About Cancer. We just heard from Congresswoman Kay Granger, who, along with Congressman Patrick Kennedy, introduced the Colorectal Cancer Prevention, Early Detection, and Treatment Act. We are currently joined by Gordon Cole, advocate and colorectal cancer survivor, and Carly Bowman, president of the Colorectal Cancer Coalition, C3. Carly, in addition to organizing Call on Congress Day today, C3 has also developed a larger campaign called Cover Your Butt, which is tied directly to your support of Congresswoman Granger's bill. Tell us about uh, that initiative. Um, I, and I just, I love saying the name, Cover Your Butt. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, the Cover Your Butt campaign, we actually created that um, about a year and a half ago because um, there were several initiatives in, in Congress that we were supporting, and all of them um, had the ultimate goal of, of, of providing access or guaranteeing access to colorectal cancer screenings, but for different segments of the population. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we're still working on, on all of those pieces of legislation. Our focus this year has really strongly turned to the screening legislation that would create the, the colorectal cancer screening program, um, with H.R. 1189, and uh, and but we'll continue even if we um, or even when we pass HR eleven eighty nine um, there is still more work to be done so the cover your butt campaign is around for a while um, and it's just a way for folks to um, an easy way for folks to take action and get behind this legislation and su- urge their members of Congress to support it we created a website called coveryourbutt.org that people can go to, um, and we, we make it very easy for them to take action. Right now, um, we've got information up there about a big initiative that we're doing next week called the Congressional Button, um, where it's a one-day phone blitz to Congress, and there's also an, an, an action alert up there where people can directly send emails to their legislators. I know that the congresswoman was saying that emails and phone calls make a big difference and uh and we provide on coveryourbutt.org both of those um, both of those ways that you can take action. Fantastic. Wow, that's great. Great information for folks to have. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit more later in the show about other ways that folks can get involved in this campaign. Um, Gordon, uh, you, you, you started to share with us your sort of amazing story of your um, battle with colorectal cancer, your, the shock really of that uh, initial diagnosis. And, and um, you, you started to share with us that you've been through many surgeries, uh, ra- many rounds of chemotherapy, really continuing to battle this um, 
this disease. So um, love to hear a little bit more from you about your story and also about how you got involved with C3 and, um, uh, it, you know, whether this is your first time participating in the call on Congress Day on the Hill or whether you've done that before and just a little bit more about what, what even in the light of a very difficult diagnosis, what has motivated you to get involved in this campaign. Right. Well, you know, um, when I started doing a little bit of research, I I don't even remember how it's been so long and, you know, how chemo brain kicks in with us, but um, I was at a conference, a survivorship conference, probably in 2005 or 2006, where we meet with some docs and talk with other uh, survivors and, you know, share notes and uh, side effects and things like that. And I was talking with someone who was involved with C3, and they mentioned that, you know, I ought to think about doing that. And I said, well, okay, tell me about it. So he did. And I had just not too long before that been at another conference in Washington where the, I think it was National Coalition for Cancer Survivorship, had a, uh, a lobbying effort and asked for volunteers at this conference to do a little bit of quick training and then go up to the Hill and, and meet with our representatives. So I did that. So I knew a little bit about what it was about. And then I checked out C3's website and looked into it and said, you know, hey, this looks pretty good. So I've done one call on Congress, and I've done three total lobbying uh, efforts so far. So it'll be my fourth time on the Hill, but the second time at call on Congress. And, you know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, I've received so much uh, during the last five and a half to six years it's time to give back, and you don't want to see anybody go through what we've been through uh, unnecessarily or any other way, but particularly when it could have been prevented. Yeah. And just the sheer numbers, you know, you mentioned, um, I think, uh, maybe 150,000 people or so will be diagnosed this year with colorectal right. cancer. That's right. There'll be about 50,000 that'll die. Yeah. The cost is staggering. Yeah. When you think about the cost of the medications alone, yeah that wouldn't have to be spent for a reasonably inexpensive procedure. Yeah. And not all those procedures, is true, uh, will uncover cancer. Hopefully they won't. But, uh, you know, we can show them the numbers, and this is a big selling point, is that, you know, look, you know, we're going to make a dent in solving some of our health care issues. Yeah. So, uh, and, you know, it, it's not only um, what we're doing for others. We do get something out of this ourselves, too. You know, we get to meet other people in a similar situation who are on different kinds of treatment protocols, have had different types of surgical procedures. We compare notes. Mm-hmm. We get names of other docs who are specialists across the country. There's all kinds of things we can use. So, you know, it's um, uh, it's a little bit selfish on the one hand, but mm-hmm. still it gives us a, 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 and I know everybody feels this way that's doing it, it just gives us a good opportunity to, try to make an impact and, and let people know, hey, you know, you can live with this, you can prevent it, uh, you know, you can cure it. So yeah. uh, that, that's what we're basically trying to do. Yeah. I don't know that most of us would say what you're doing is selfish, Gordon. <laughs> well, <laughs> I do get something out of it. So. I think it's very giving. And I think, you know, it's just important for folks to, who are listening to understand that, um, that uh, even if this, uh, even if this uh, legislation passes, uh, Gordon, the uh, Colorectal Cancer Prevention Early Detection and Treatment Act, even if this passes, it doesn't actually even benefit you 
specifically as a uh, you know uh, uh, in in terms well, of where you are in your cancer experience um and probably wouldn't benefit a lot of the folks who are up there on the hill with you uh you know with you today so is there a sense of um is there for for what you're doing today is there a sense of the greater good um, do you feel that uh, I know you said that you don't want others to go through what you've been through, and is this a, is this a way for you to really, uh, based on what you've been through, really take action and um, and be a part of contributing to the greater good? Sure, it's it's probably the best way because it's the way that you reach the most people potentially, or the the way that you enable the most people to get the most benefit. I do a lot of uh, just mentoring to uh, newly diagnosed patients, yes. you know, across the country. And that's great, um, but this is a way to have an impact nationwide. And while, no, it's true, that, that particular bill is not going to do anything for me, yeah. but it may do it for some of my family later on. Yeah. Uh, it'll do it for my friends, for their children, and so on. So, uh, you know, it's just one of those things that we all, uh, we all feel that we do need to uh, to give back, and we do need to to help where we can. It's just, it's it's in the genes, I suppose. Maybe that's one of the genetic uh, makeups of, of people who are uh, dealing with some type of cancer. Good for and you, Gordon. This- I, I mean, I really applaud, I really applaud what you're doing. I think it's, uh, I think it's fantastic. You know, Carly, we, um, you know, at the wellness community, we provide support to folks with cancer, and we know one of the most common things, when people are diagnosed with cancer, one of the most common things they experience is really feeling isolated and um, feeling like, boy, <laughs> I think I'm the only person going through this right now. Do you find that this Hill Day uh, is a way for people to get connected to one another from across the country? Do you see people just connecting and, and a sense of camaraderie that sort of builds when folks do this on the Hill together? I, I really do see it, and you know there, there are we've got uh, I think twenty folks at um, at this year's call on Congress who were at last year's call on Congress, and they have maintained the friendship. You know, and, and thank thank goodness for social media and email that makes it easy to be able to do that. Um, but they've been able to stay in touch, and 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 you know, and we we actually work with the advocates after call in Congress. We do quarterly conference calls and on ways that they can stay active back home, and so that they can they can connect that way as well. Um, and it is really great. And I and I just wanted to applaud Gordon again. I'm always every time I hear Gordon talk about his story, I'm just. Uh, so moved by him and by his strength. I mean, he really is remarkable, and um, and 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 so are all the other advocates who have come here today for you know to lobby their members of Congress in support of this legislation. I mean, they really are heroes to me, and I know to thousands of others who don't even know who know their names or know what they look like, but just know that they're up there right now um, fighting for them. I know it's quite quite moving. You know, Carly, tell me um, about what C3 does to help people with colorectal cancer get connected to others who are going through the same thing. I know you have some programs that connect people. We have about um, a, a minute or two before the break, but um, tell me what you're doing to get those folks connected and to, to, to help mentor each other and, and, and really support each other. Well, uh, what we do, you know, we've got our, we, we have our advocacy program, and so our av- the advocates who come to call in Congress, we stay in touch with throughout the year, um, and we, and, and they stay connected. Our, the best advocate is one that, that can communicate well, and included in that communication means talking to fellow advocates about, you know, successful um, initiatives that they've been able to do or, you know, how they've had a good meeting or a good idea for getting something in, in the newspaper back home. 
Um, and so, so we really foster um, good communication between the advocates, and we hope that they do it. Uh, it doesn't even have to be uh, through any, any kind of uh, um, technology that we've provided to them. It's just something that they can do on their own. Um, and then we also, you know, we provide um, our advocates or, or anyone who wants it um, support through the, through the answer line, which is the uh, toll-free number, which is 877-427-2111. Um, and that is when someone calls the Institute 3 answer line, that's answered by um, our Director of Patient Information Services, Kim Ryan, who um, herself lost her father to colorectal cancer mm-hmm. and, is, and has worked for over 15 years in the oncology field. And so when they call the C3 answer line, they're connecting with someone who's been there um, right with them, um, and so, and, but also has the technical knowledge to be able to help them be able to help them and get, and, and get those folks connected. And I, I think you're, 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 you have uh, folks that are not only advocates but really becoming super advocates. Um, I think that, you know, you're talking about folks who are not just coming today to be on the Hill but who are going back into their, communi- into their, into their communities and really looking for ways to get their communities connected, uh, looking for ways to, uh, uh, to advocate uh, for change, not just today but, uh, but year-round. Um, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, March is National Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month. We're talking about this on Frankly Speaking About Cancer, and we will be right back. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. Holistic health and well-being covers many facets, including stress, time management, weight loss, cardiovascular training, and aging. And that's just to name a few. Your life without limits will help to sort it all out for you. Join host Joe Sardi and the top minds in holistic health and well-being for an educational and entertaining hour. Listen for Your Life Without Limits. Heard every Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Effective cancer treatment requires more than just medication or surgery. For the country's 12 million cancer survivors and their loved ones, the social and emotional challenges of adapting to life with cancer are ongoing. How to handle co-workers' questions, how to get comfortable with new physical realities, how to reassure worried family members, or explain to friends your priorities have changed. For more than 25 years, the wellness community has been the nation's leader in providing free counseling, education, and hope for survivors and their caregivers. Whether online or at one of our 26 centers in the U.S. and abroad, the wellness community is ready to offer the support you need to live a better life with cancer. For more information on support groups, publications, nutrition, exercise programs, and more, call 1-888-793-WELL or visit us online at www.thewellnesscommunity.com community.org that's the wellness community.org the wellness community celebrating over 25 years of cancer support education and hope a fresh look at today's health voice america health and wellness listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Wellness Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now, here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community. Welcome 
Welcome back to Frankly Speaking About Cancer. March is National Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month, and on today's show we've been talking about what you can do to join the fight against this disease. Colorectal cancer is the second leading cause of cancer-related deaths in the United States, and organizations such as the Colorectal Cancer Coalition have been building grassroots support for a bill that would help many more Americans afford to get screened for colorectal cancer. We're joined by Carly Bowman, president of the Colorectal Cancer Coalition, C3, and Gordon Cole, a colorectal cancer survivor and advocate. Uh, Carly, we've learned a lot today about the Colorectal Cancer Prevention, Early Detection, and Treatment Act, as well as many of the activities uh, that your organization, C3, has been organizing. Um, Tell us a little bit more. You talked about some of the activities happening at the end of the month. Tell us a little bit more about that and really what listeners can do if they want to get involved in any of these activities. Let's give folks a real call to action here. Okay, I'm happy to do that. Well, you don't have to come to Washington, D.C. to make an impact in Washington, D.C. Um, on March 31st, we will be having the Congressional Button, which is a one-day phone blitz to Congress. Uh, all you have to do is call a special toll-free number that we have set up just for that day, um, and it will directly connect you to your members of Congress. The phone number is 866-615-3375. But again, you don't Carly? have to remember that number. Just go to coveryourbutt.org. Okay. And, um, and the number is there. There's also, we have a very nifty way of, of reminding you to call in when you need to on March 31st. And uh, it, it involves text messaging and, and your cell phone. So if you go to coveryourbutt.org, um, put your, give us your cell phone number um, and your email address. We promise we're not going to use it for any nefarious reasons. We're just going <laughs> to use it to remind you to call your co- members of Congress on March 31st. The call will take five minutes tops, okay. and we're just asking you to reach your two senators and your representative in support of the colorectal cancer screening legislation that we've been talking about today. Excellent, excellent. So really the way for folks to get connected is to go to coveryourbutt.org. That they can register there. They can learn more about the campaign. Uh, they can sign up to get a uh, text message reminder from you guys about the campaign. And uh, what if I don't know who my members of Congress are, Carly? You don't need to know. You just need to know your zip code. Okay. If you you put in your zip code, and uh, it will it will the the automated system will prompt you to um, to dial into your first senator, your second senator, and then your third senator. You don't even have to hang up in between calls to the offices. It will once the other office disconnects the call, it'll automatically route you back to the system where you can go and uh, get connected to your next member's office. And are you going to help me figure out what I'm supposed to say when I make these calls? I mean, what if I've never called my member of Congress before? It sounds like a Sounds like uh, you know some folks might get a little bit nervous about. It sounds terrifying. I know. All you have to, you don't even have to. Well, you know, feel free to ask for your member of Congress, but you probably won't get him or her. Okay. Um, but you, all you have to do is say to the person who answers the phone. Yeah. That um, that you support uh, the Colorectal Cancer Prevention, Early Detection, and Treatment Act, and you want your senator or your representative, whoever you're calling, to support it as well. That's all you have to do. Great. Wonderful. That's fantastic. We'd love to give folks information on how they can really get involved. Um, Thank you so much for helping us spread the word. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, We're uh, starting to get towards the end of our show, um, and I want to go back over some of this information and uh, some of these phone numbers and things so folks can jot this down, uh, these numbers we've been talking about throughout the show. But before we do that, um, 
uh, I, I just like to ask both of you if you have any advice for someone who's just been, di- been diagnosed with cancer. Uh, what would that be, Gordon? I'm going to start with you because obviously you've been through this personally and you've been through quite a quite a journey uh, in your in your cancer experience. And I'd love for you to share with our listeners what advice you might give for someone who has just been diagnosed with cancer. Well, you know, based on my own experience and what. I went through and what I've seen and talking with other people, I think the number one thing is, well, you have to have somebody with you. You need somebody with you, whether it's a significant other, friend, whatever, mm-hmm. to make sure that you don't lose something in the translation or lose something on the way home. And don't panic. Yeah. Um, you know, I think most people just freak out and they don't hear anything else that's said. So yeah. you need somebody else to be taking notes. Once you get yourself settled down, you need to trust your medical team. If you're uncomfortable, you need to ask for another opinion. Yeah. But always just make sure that you have that you when you ask questions, you get them answered. Never leave a doctor's office with unanswered questions. And they won't rush you. If they rush you, you need another one. Okay. But the main thing uh is just to to try to stay calm. It's the beginning of the journey. You've got some time. If things don't happen, you know, minute by minute, so it's just important not to go off the deep end and and just get out of control. But you know, a lot of people, and I know this for a fact. I've heard them tell me, a lot of people immediately go to the internet and start looking up stuff, start googling all kinds of terminology and cancers and yeah, that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. That's a mistake. You need to go to a reputable website like C3, cytecolorectalcancer.org, yeah. um, and because sites like that or uh, Cancer Care or Wellness Community, these sites have links that will get you into more technical information if you need it yeah. or other aspects of your diagnosis. And you don't need to waste time and yeah. ruin your mental health. Yeah. Trying to get through all that information. Yeah, yeah, you get so flustered and so irritated, and so many people telling you so many things that really they don't know. Yeah, so you want to go and to really those trusted sources. Yes, yeah. and, and C3 is a good place to start because, like Carly said, there are just dozens of pages of information and links to other reputable sites. They've all been checked out. Yeah, and you know, it's it's I have it bookmarked, and I just I go there. Right. Let us do the work for you. Nothing new. Yeah. Let us do the work for you. Yeah. Carly, we're uh, we're we're starting to run out of time. I'm going to ask you quickly if you would respond and and uh, what advice you would give someone who's just been diagnosed with cancer with colorectal cancer. Well, Gordon said a lot of what I would say, and thank yeah. you for the uh, for the shout out for our website. Uh, we our me- website is medically reviewed um, and constantly updated. So, fightcolorectalcancer.org is a good re- resource. Um, our C3 answer line is also a great resource. Um, and you know, if, especially if you want to just talk to a person rather than uh, looking through stuff, you can also email our answer line associates um, through our website. Um, and then I would just, you know, I would, I would get support. I would get help, like, like Gordon said, um, you know, get it from a friend or a family member, get it through people who are going through what you're going through, and, and the wellness community does a great job of connecting people like that. And, you know, once you get your bearings, um, consider, you know, getting involved in the fight somehow, whether that's volunteering um, with, with a cancer group or, you know, becoming an advocate with, with, with an organization like ours. It's a way to help you get out of yourself a little bit, and, 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 and I think that just helps people um, see 
you know, see the disease and, and see themselves within it. Fantastic. Excellent. Um, well, we're starting to get towards the end of our show. I want to I just thank both of you for taking time out of your uh, schedules to join us today. I know that listeners learned a, a, a great deal from both of you. It's so wonderful uh, that you guys are committed to be up on the Hill to make this change, um, uh, you know, for those who have been diagnosed, for those who have yet to be uh, diagnosed with colorectal cancer. And, Gordon, I want to especially thank you for being on today and, and sharing your story with us, and thank you for really taking the time and effort to be on the Hill and, and uh, help help create this change for, uh, uh, you know, you know for, for folks all over the country and for folks in the future. Um, if you want to uh, get some more information about the Cover Your Butt campaign, go to www.coveryourbutt.com. Dot org again. Uh, it's it's March thirty first, Carly. That's the phone blitz. Yes. So it's on March thirty first, where we're going to be rallying folks from across the country to call their members of Congress to get this legislation passed. Um, so go to coveryourbutt.org to learn more about that and to sign up. Um, if you'd like to contact the Colorectal Cancer Coalition, C3, uh, and find out how you can join the fight against colorectal cancer, uh, you can call their answer line, which is at eight seven seven. Four two seven two one one one, or you can visit their website, which is www.fightcolorectalcancer.org. Uh, last but not least, if you would like to order your uh, free copy of our uh, educational booklet at the Wellness Community, frankly speaking about colorectal cancer, you can call us at eight 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 seven nine three well w e l l, or go to www.thewellnesscommunity.org. Uh, I'd like to dedicate today's show to everyone who's been affected by colorectal cancer, patients, survivors, family members, uh, those who've lost uh, loved ones to colorectal cancer, and especially to those who are advocating on uh, Capitol Hill today for change. Uh, That's our show, frankly speaking, about cancer. Until next time, be well, do well, live well. Thank you for joining us for Frankly Speaking About Cancer with your host, Kim Tibaldo. We're here for you every Tuesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. In the meantime, stay connected online at thewellnesscommunity.org. That's thewellnesscommunity.org.